Squadcast. The Tag Digital Podcast. Check the mic and make sure it sounds right, boy. Hello and welcome back to the Tag Digital Squadcast with me, Steph, Marketing Manager at Tag Digital. So today we are joined by Francesca Rodriguez, co-founder and event web specialist at BBR Web Design and the podcast host of the Events Cast. Okay, so hi Francesca, how are you doing? I'm really well, thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on your show. I'm really excited about it. Thank you very much for joining us. It's very exciting having a, having an external guest. We've done a lot of podcasts recently, just us, so it's nice to have a different viewpoint. So, hi Jamie as well. Yes, I'm here. He's again, here. As Hello. Always, so. How could I forget Jamie? Okay, so Francesca, how we normally do this is we do a quick fire round. So you aren't prepared for these, but I'm gonna ask you this or that, and you're gonna give me a quick fire response. Okay? Are you ready for it? All right. As ready as I will be. <laughs> Surfing or cycling? Oh, oh, my two favorite sports. <laughs> Surfing. Nice. That's that's more exciting than cycling in my eyes. I can't surf though, so. Um, pizza or pasta? Oh, pizza all the time. Yeah, I would say pizza. What would you say, Jamie? Uh, I'd actually say pasta, but I, I literally mm-hmm. eat pasta for lunch and dinner every single day. So. Yeah, I used to go to a pizza place and get pasta when I was younger, but I've really changed my mindset now. Mm-hmm. I think it's pizza. What's your favourite pizza, Francesca? Do you know what? I'm a quite simple pizza person. I'm like a margarita or just a few just peppers on it and some and some uh, mushrooms. I'm pretty simple. I don't like too overloaded pizzas. Yeah, I think I've been to this place called Pizza Punks. I don't know if you've heard of it or whether it's just in Glasgow, but you can put anything on it. So you end up with a pretty messy pizza. Have you been, Jamie? Yeah, I've been. Oh. I'm quite, I'm the same as Francesca though. I prefer like a like a one and two toppings max mm. I'm a ham and mushroom gal now okay cats or dogs Ooh, so difficult cats <laughs> yay I have another cat person oh my god Jamie's just got cats yeah I just got two kittens so. oh, that was an accidental one as well oh. I didn't even think yeah. oh, I love cats that's oh. good okay tea or coffee coffee Ooh. vacation or staycation vacation really nice you do live in spain though so i think a lot of people yeah. in glasgow might not say the same thing yeah your staycation is our <laughs> vacation so. yeah i suppose though when we say staycation it kind of means the highlands and islands and yeah that as well okay cool thanks squadcast the tag digital podcast Okay, so we're going to dive into an intro. So if you could tell us a little bit more about yourself, Francesca, what you do, just to give our listeners kind of an overview of who you are and what you do. Yeah, of course. So, well, I'm Francesca Rodriguez. I am, my official title was pretty misleading and very long, and I just really can't make sense of it myself, but it's event, web, and marketing specialist and a podcast host. So what does that mean? Well, the easy part first, I have a podcast called The Events Cast, which we talk about all things event marketing, and I'm the host of that, so that's the easy part to explain. 
And then actually what I do the day-to-day is I actually specialize in doing web design for events. So I come from a marketing background. I actually studied marketing and advertising and from there went into events. I always knew I actually wanted to be in events. It's always been my industry. I wanted to actually study events back at when it was my time for uni. But where I lived here in, in Galicia in Spain, they were like, no, there's nothing. There's no degrees to the for events. So, so I asked them, what's the most similar thing? And it's like, oh, PR, I guess, and marketing. All right, great. I went into studying that didn't do a single thing to do with an event in four years of a degree so great but anyway got the love for marketing going um went to digital marketing and I actually had the luck to my first internship out of uni have a role that was in the marketing department but since it was, it was based here in Spain but since it was they organized events worldwide and I was the one that had the English so I just just because of the language they were like okay you can organize our events then so then immediately I got back into really my desire, what I always wanted to do was going in events, but from a different perspective than what I'd anticipated, because previously I thought I'd maybe want to do event management, but obviously since I was in the marketing, I started to event marketing really. So then that then led me into realizing I loved events industry and I went on to work to yeah, event, actually event producers company as assistant marketing, then as marketing manager, and then really just naturally couple of years ago over COVID, I decided I wanted to specialize a bit in what that broader term marketing means, because I guess there's quite a lot of marketers listening to this show. And as you guys might know too, in mar- if you are in digital marketing, many times you end up being jack of all trades, masters of none. And that's what at least myself I was doing the email marketing, social media marketing, copywriting, advertising, web, everything <laughs> delegate management your whole thing so i just personally want to specialize and the part of marketing which most excited me was web design because i love the combination of the technical part of it but also the design quality and the creativity to do to it so yeah during covid i decided to bit set up on my on my own and went to the uh, created bbr web design which is where i work nowadays which is a web design agency for events and Obviously, we started this in the COVID, so we thought the web design was going to go a bit out of the events industry because it was a time when events wasn't really happening. But immediately, like a month out of the events industry, I personally realized I couldn't do any other industry. I didn't want to work doing websites for the barbershop or a bar. So it was like, no, events is my is my jam. It's so difficult. Really it, it is difficult as a marketer, isn't it? But just feeling like you just said the jack of all trades, you literally sometimes feel like you've got everything on your plate. I know a lot of our clients as marketers really struggle with time and resource and that's because they are doing like what you said there, dealing with everything, every aspect. So I think it's it's great that you've gone into the niche bit that you find interesting and really become an expert yeah. on that. I know it's quite funny listening to your story, Francesca, as well, because I actually did study events management at uni. Um, and oh. when I was at uni, because well, I've always been interested in events as well, and that's kind of why I mm-hmm. fell into that. But then during my time there, obviously you get exposure to multiple kind of elements of events management, and the marketing side was the bit that kind of sucked me in. So I kind of then discovered I don't actually maybe want to do the events management side, I want to go into marketing. And then mm-hmm. I kind of, I've had a few different <laughs> jobs, but then I came, I fell into this agency that specializes in events and marketing so yeah it's kind of i just was enjoying listening to your story because it's quite semi-similar to mine but not really but 
Yeah. I think also people who, correct me if I'm wrong, but people who come into contact with events and dealing with events and stuff like that kind of just love it. Yeah. I get the impression that everyone, all these, a lot of our clients just love events. I say that, maybe not all of them, but I think because I get to go to a lot of events, I just get the impression that everyone there is just so happy to be there. Yeah. I feel like the events industry is one of those industries that you love it or you hate it. Like if it's for you or it's not, that if you get into it and you don't enjoy it, I think people very easily, and I see it quite a lot, that yeah, people got, get out of the industry quite fast. Maybe I don't see them then. Realize. Yeah, yeah. You see the successful stories that stay. The people that yeah. actually are the. I think that's maybe because I, yeah. maybe because I love events, so I'm just just seeing the <laughs> other event lovers. I just think it's a great industry to be part of. It's just mm-hmm. so exciting. Things are changing all the time, and it's just just really really good fun. So, what do you what would you say you love about events, Francesca? I mean, there's so. There's quite a few areas that I really like, but what I most love really from also that comes down to the marketing also of the events is really like the timeframes of, of events. Like there's something that I guess if you work in product marketing, it might apply a bit the same, but what I really like is that brush of events. You know, I love that you have a date and because your events that day and you have like from this marketing perspective, you've got all this lead up to it. So you've got your a year out and you're 12 months uh you're 10 months out you're every you know you're basically the whole time rush into this and i love like that period the two month period pre-event which is crazy which is you pull your hairs out which you don't sleep a single night the week before the two weeks before which you think why am i even in events i can't do this anymore i need to sleep the night before you know when you wake up at three in the morning to get to the on-site and then just that feeling at the actual event is just so crazy you know i just love that actually that rush and how it changes you know throughout the time of it and it's just not that constant period you're just not really working a bit the same especially if you're maybe more in the service industry promoting something a bit the same all year round I love that change in rush and just that feeling of when you're actually at the event and you actually about six o'clock in the afternoon or whenever your event depending on the time of your event but when you're running towards the end and you actually get a moment to sit down and you think, wow, my feet hurt. And then you look around and say, wow, we pulled this off. We did this. This is amazing. I think there's nothing as nice as that feeling. And from a few of our jobs that I had, like from the, without uh, and outside of the events industry, well, weren't many. I just never got that feeling of special from the events you would see, you know, you bring leads in and you pass them on to the sales department. And yeah, all the, it's always the sales that then get the praise because they, got the sale but yeah like when i when you sit there in events and saying i got all these people here and you feel proud of it and you can really actually see your job in action and personally that's what i love so much to see see something that you've built and worked so hard on throughout so long come together yeah i mean there's nothing we actually we actually can say we've had that feeling too because we've just hosted digitex one of our events in one in dubai and one in new york and we, I mean, it wasn't probably to the scale of the events that you were dealing with previously, but yeah, the feeling of the end of the day when you, you've seen everyone's had a really good day, they've, you've got good feedback from it, everything's run almost as smooth as you could have hoped for. It's really, really is a rewarding feeling, isn't it? So yeah, I, I get how you feel in that one. So if we try yeah. a little bit about your podcast, um, so you mentioned there the Events Cast podcast, so you get loads of guests mm-hmm. on your podcast all the time. So it's such a great podcast. So what would you say the number one thing you've learned through running the Events Cast podcast? 
the, my favorite thing of really running the podcast and it's my biggest learning throughout this last year is what a fantastic and unexploited channel podcasting really is i think i already came into it like hoping that i was going to be right with my thoughts of what what a podcasting would do for like me also from a personal brand and and what doors it would open for me but it just like the last year really realized that well that was true like podcasting okay there are it is starting to become saturated there is starting to be a lot of people especially a lot of people that come in and go out but it is such it's not as exploited channel as so many of the other marketing channels out there but what so it's really like allows people to come in and have their own voice and it just i feel like the relationship you can build over a podcast is so different than what you can build on any other channel you can build such like this intimate relationship that you're talking to someone right in their ears you know you're not you're not sitting seeing someone behind the video scrolling through without paying attention when someone decides to listen to you they're committing to you that time no matter the length of your podcast if it's 10 minutes half an hour three hours someone commits that time to you and you're able to build this intimate relationship with them that you're not able to in any other channel and yeah there'll be people that listen to you they'll listen a few minutes and they'll say okay just not for me that's fine you know you're not for everyone not everyone's for everyone there's people depending on your vibe you know you attract different people but the people that decide to stay they'll come back and they listen to all your shows and you just build this relationship with them that i think is just such a great channel and it just gives i love also how it gives everyone a voice you know anyone really can start a podcast which is great and not as a great thing but anyone can start it and if you're passionate about it and if you stick to it you know it just gives anyone a voice to be out there so it's like i'm at least trying to promote a lot more people especially in the events industry event providers to use a podcast to start a podcast because i just think it's such a great channel to talk with your audience to have a conversation if you have something to say you know you can say it to yeah. anyone yeah, yeah I, I love doing the podcast. It's yeah. it's good fun. It's it's something else as well for us to do a different channel for people when people are busy and but if if you're out and about walk, going on a walk, going on a run, whatever, it's you can get your podcast in and learn something new. Um yeah. yeah. And I think we've found that as well. Um going back to kind of like it brings a lot of people out of their shells as well. Like obviously we are quite consistent voices on this podcast and people are probably mm-hmm quite fed up of hearing just me and you Steph but we have had um, you know some of the people that work, we work with that are maybe a wee bit more like shy and not sure about themselves and as soon as we get them on the podcast to kind of just talk about something that they're maybe a wee bit more passionate about they really start to kind of flourish and they really you know you get like so much good content out of them as well and you know that's what we're trying to promote as well it's not just we're not just trying to big ourselves up by being the, the, the yeah. same people on it we're trying to to share everybody else's thoughts as well yeah that's that's kind of another goal for us really like with our podcast we obviously want to share all of our our knowledge that our team has with our audience but it's also kind of a really nice team building um activity mm-hmm. for all of us um and it does get a lot of the team involved like jamie said who yeah. maybe wouldn't normally do something do something like that so yeah, yeah it's a really good it, does, it always amazes me to see kind of uh, although we're still not we've, not we've not built much yet in terms of a podcast but from where we from where we started it during covid and in our bedrooms <laughs> at home <laughs> recorded on laptops and now we have decent microphones and and lovely guests and things like that exactly. so it's 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 even just nice to see that sort of progression and you feel like you are doing you know you are making steps mm-hmm. forward with it so and so yeah like you 
I was just going to say who your like, most exciting guest is, but go for it. You know what? This is a cheeky one and it's difficult. It's so difficult to say, which is my most interesting one, especially I think also depending on the moment you ask me this question, I'll probably answer something different. So if anyone that I've had on the show is listening to this, <laughs> I please, I hope to not offend you if I don't say you right now. Because it's, you know, I think like everyone I've had on has been super interesting. I've loved every single conversation. And in the moment, they're all super interesting. For me, the one that most stand, the stand out the most is the conversation I had with Catherine Frankson from, um, from she's the, market, the director of marketing at Money 2020. Yeah. And I just love her because I just love her she's vibe. She's great. And her, yeah, and her passion towards the industry. But also we had a conversation different than the rest and we talked about motherhood in the events industry and how you could be an event marketer and continue advancing your career as a mother especially as she has how she's a new mother yeah. you know, she's got a kid that's less than a year and the amazing thing she's doing so i just like love like if you follow her on linkedin on socials you see uh, how much she advocates for just really pulling down these these walls of hiding behind social media and showing something that's not reality and really showing that work-life balance is something that we all need to thrive for and if we set boundaries and if we really try and have open conversations with our teams and with the people around us you can really achieve that no matter the the situation you may be in so from for example for me this was super inspiring and i really wanted to have her on to talk about that because i know the events industry especially from the corporate point of view we are an industry full of women but many times you know a lot of women do end up leaving the industry for a long period of time after they have kids because it's so many times not doable with long working hours and staying after drinks after an event and because because it is a crazy industry yeah it is it's definitely and people yeah everyone's so busy like i say all the time which is a positive at times but when you've got a family and you've got other commitments work isn't the only thing so it's it's really it is important so that's really lovely that Catherine's really promoting that and being an advocate for that because it's I think as well after COVID people are really mm-hmm. I would like to think within the events industry as well are thinking about the work-life balance like there's more to life than just working all the time but I'm not sure we've got there yet with the events industry to be honest don't know what your thoughts are on that one but hopefully yeah, soon. I don't think I mean I think yeah I think we have changed you know and things are moving forward and positive positively and there's a lot of talk around this but personally yeah, I don't think we are there and especially it is an industry that is very dram- demanding and so that's why personally that's why I thought like it was I really enjoyed this conversation even though I'm not a parent myself um and I don't plan on to be one in the future but it was so great to have someone talking about openly about this and really being a, a bit support for those people in the in those situations i'm really i mean she talked so much great things that even if you're not a parent you know she really made me realize like shit i should be setting some boundaries sorry for swearing there but <laughs> you can you can you can cut that out <laughs> but yeah i think i could set some boundaries here and there in my life that you know that i probably shouldn't say learning to say no so yeah for me I would say right now she's my most interesting conversation. Yeah, and actually I remember seeing a post that Catherine put on LinkedIn with um, her whole family going to an event, which I thought was really nice. Yeah, I think I saw that as well because we, we used to work with Catherine quite closely, so I think we've all got her on LinkedIn, yeah. so we like to see what she's Aww. up to. Yeah, that's lovely. That was actually, 
Yeah, she was one that she was actually uh, talking on stage with her three-month-old baby on her lap. And that was the one that actually made me reach out to her when I saw that. When I saw she was she flew from the States to Amsterdam with a three-month-old baby. And she went on stage on a panel. And that was the moment when I realized, like, people just don't do that. You know, you end up hiding that you are a parent and that you have this other life going on. We hide it to you know for people so that people don't feel less of us especially from that insecurity of maybe a woman's perspective or especially you know in that difficult time when you're maybe a first-time parent and trying to work out all this looks for you how does that change your life and yeah that picture just to me said like i need her on (laughs) yeah good for her so if we chat a little bit about your web design and management company so is that that's quite a recent company is it yeah so it's about so we're two years and a half now so quite recent yeah uh so you started that would that have been then during covid that you said that you started that you decided that you wanted to kind of go down that tech more tech route yeah so it was actually it was the summer of 2020 so we were kind of life was opening up a bit and i was actually working back then still as a marketing manager of a uh, company called the, um, the recruitment events company. Um, I absolutely love my job. I can't say I didn't, I can't say I was looking for a way out, but for a very long time, I'd always knew I also wanted my own business. So kind of when COVID hit, it was just a moment when we went into uh, virtual events. I personally just don't enjoy virtual events. I like to go to physical events. Same. I like to be there. And just that made me realize that I just, you know, in that moment when you didn't really know how long it was going to go on, obviously we're doing plans of we're going to come back to in-person events now next month, but we didn't know if we really were. And I was living in London then, and I just really wanted to get out. I wanted to set up my own business to also work from anywhere. You now see me in Spain, but you might get called me next month and I'm somewhere else. I work nowadays with a very digital nomad work living style so and it's what I wanted to do so yeah we I decided to set it up along with my partner we set this we both come from events and marketing backgrounds so we decided to try <laughs> to try to make this possible and yeah it was great because we had so many contacts already with the events industry so our first client was my previous employer Perfect. my partner's previous employer and you know actually so many referrals that yeah referrals is a big one isn't it word of mouth is very important great so what would you say three top tips that you'd give event organizers for an event website what would you say my first one is you think you don't need it but you need a copywriter and you need to get a copywriter in to write your copy you'll sell your operations team your event manager that produces some copy that produces some text to explain what your event is about to your team to suppliers to hear that that is not copy for your website and this is my number one ugh, it's the what most annoys me about all websites because you just see them they just got terrible copy and i am um, you always hear me talking about a nicely you know designed and pretty and aesthetic website but the honesty is that's not what sells that's not what's going to bring someone to your events yeah, your words are and your words need to convince them you need to incite them with your words along with other theaters but your words really need to be what draws people there so if you are just getting anyone on your team writing some words for your for your website my number one tip and what i most encourage you to do is put a little bit into getting a copywriter getting someone specialized in words and getting someone to really convert those words that your events manager has initially briefed but it needs to go through someone that knows how to convert that in 
web copy yeah. words. <laughs> I think that is super important, even just from obviously from my side, the one that writes the ad the ads for the, the <laughs> websites that people send us. Some of the websites we do get are painfully either missing copy or bland um, and we have to kind of use our our expertise to try and copyright themselves but it's so important that your copy matches your landing page and the copy on there as well for more than one reason but obviously if you're sending users down a path if you showcase them or you show them an ad they expect to see something very similar when they get there so yeah I mean I, I, I totally agree with that what would your yeah, next tip be? My next tip, tip uh, my next tip would be to prepare a journey for your for your website. Create a user experience journey, which you plan to take your user down. Too many times when we build a website, and especially in the events industry, we've already mentioned it before. We're so much fast moving. One thing's just leads to another. Times we can sometimes really miss these important bits out, and we suddenly need a website for when for two weeks ago. Uh, yeah. We've actually already started selling booths, um, starting selling it to our exhibitors, and we still don't have a website because, you know, it's just how our industry does. That so many times we, people don't sit really down to plan out their website and plan out, map out a journey for it. They just end up building something and adding page along. And what you end up building is just this archive of pages and of links and of things in random places that don't really make sense and doesn't really take your audience on that journey on that experience with your event i if you might have heard me saying before like for me your website is the first place where your event experience starts with your audience you know that's where they come they would have seen an ad they would have seen a social post an email somewhere and that moment when they actually decide to land on your event website for the first time you need to start the, the experience with them there the journey with them in that moment so for me it's like really my next one is really take some time ahead of them to sit down and plan out a journey of where your audience are coming from because they'll come from different places and where you want to take them and you've probably got different audiences you've got attendees you've got speakers you've got sponsors what journey does each of all these audiences have to go on to get to where they and you want them to be at the end so yeah it was like really plan a journey and map out your website yeah because i think as well if you have a disjointed journey for the user you're going to lose them on the way, which is something as well that I know the team find occasionally. And we've we've done podcasts and they were optimizing the customer journey and things like that. And your web page, correct me if I'm wrong, Jamie, but your web page is a big one to to focus on. Yeah, web page and also just the kind of I mean that is the initial place that people go to, but then there can be further issues with like registration platforms and the forms being too long and mm -hmm. things like that you can get a bit more technical with it but like you said if, if the event's not been sold in the right way or worded in the right way then that can be a big turnoff for people as well yeah definitely so third top tip from you on that you'd give event organizers on their websites my third top tip could have been what Jay just said there about the registration not making it too long, but I'm not going to make it that because you've already mentioned it. <laughs> but it is a very important one. But my third one would be really to make sure that you're creating like a tone of voice and a visual tone of voice and a personality for your event with the visuals on your website. So really just when we're going back to that planning, just really feel like what you want your audience to feel with your at your event and really just try to represent that on your event website. Too many times people will 
get a template from here or a theme from somewhere and just not change it enough. So, you know, like really just transmitting that vibe is, is your event a serious event? Is it a fun event? Is it a festival style? What, you know, just really trying to take that vibe and that feeling which you would want to take from your event, which you want people to feel about you and representing it on their website. And it's like, sometimes you see just people might end up putting more like money into designing great social posts or your, their ads and or because they bring a creative team in like they might someone might bring your sales in and you're building these really great ads that really got those vibe and you're really showcasing that and then they go to the website and it just looks like something totally different and then you actually go to the day of the event and you feel something totally different also there so it's really like trying to build that journey on i i think it's like it's so important people will decide to go to your event and to not go to your event based on what they feel like that I so many times I go to event website and I feel, oh, that doesn't look like the type of event I want to be at. So I just don't, you know, I won't register. And many other times you register for event feeling because they've shown you, you know, it happens a lot of different times. Suddenly this theme is really appropriate. There's a really creative and theme and everyone puts it on and you go to the actual event and it's at the Excel and everyone's in suits. And, and you're wondering like if it's even the same event. <laughs> Yeah. yeah so it's just like really telling you know really visually having a tone of personality that you do across all your digital assets but also your website and also people need to just stand in the shoes of the user at the same time because you you've got to think if you're if you were to go to a website and mm-hmm. it didn't match the ad that you just clicked on or and things like that if it doesn't match up then you'd think well i'm not going to waste my time people are to have limited time so you need to really grab all the opportunities that you can. So you've draw, you've mentioned a couple of these already, but what would you say are the common issues you see event organizers make on their website? Do you have any other common issues that you see regularly? Yeah, so apart from those three, which I've already mentioned, obviously they do have their issues within there. And obviously what James said before of the registration forms, I think that is one of the biggest issues. Like people make them, too long, too difficult to complete, too too just like not appealing for someone to want to click that last moment. I feel like people from the events industry, and I say this a lot, we need to look at the e-commerce sites, you know, big e-commerce sites, even like Amazon, you know, Amazon put your buy within not even having to practically click the button. I mean, that's going to be the next step that not even having to click that button to be able to buy from it. But why do they do that? You know, like they're big, these big e-commerce stores are really specializing in how can they get people to click more to actually convert you know and i feel like we don't do a good enough job to convert them on the registration and making it as easy for them possible we've got time later on to gather all the information we need and half the information we don't even need it from them let's just be honest with that's true far too many fields in a form which are unnecessary which i can imagine are definitely like you say not used I mean, I, I, from the marketing also, since I work from that marketing then point of view behind the build reports for clients so many times from their HubSpot, questions that they don't even actually end up pulling across from their registration form, and they don't do anything with them. It's like, well, why are you even including this on your, on your registration? Oh, we need it, we need it, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, very long registration forms that aren't really converting. I feel like also we don't, uh, people don't really do a good enough job on their website to make sure people are converting. They, I mean, and this does happen with the copy and with the designs and all we said, but even just like telling people what to do next, people expect to be heard. What do I need to do now? Okay, I'm reading about this event. What do I need to do? 
Um, and you usually see two ways. You usually see a page that's full of buttons everywhere, a call to actions, a big bright bread that someone said orange is the best converting site and they just tap them all around. Well, there's no buttons. Well, you feel like, well, now what? I want to register. Where do I register? Where do I find it? So I don't think a lot of people just don't have strong enough call to actions, really, of this is what we need to do next. And it's not always a big button. You know, telling people what they need to do next is not just about go here, register, buy, spend all this money. You know, sometimes the appropriate thing at a certain point is now you need to go to the agenda to explore the agenda from the agenda now. But, you know, really leading them, and that goes with the copy and stuff, but using action verbs and really just talking that way that you're leading them to their next step. Uh, it's a big issue people leave out. And um, could I say, oh, I've just got so many that I feel like I could just go ramble on for Yeah, you can imagine. Uh, ages. Oh, maybe, maybe need to do another episode. I know. Just, just on that topic. <laughs> I also want to know what else you've got to say, but obviously I'm, I'm wary of time. So I want to just hear as well what tips you'd give someone who was wanting to redesign their website. How, how do they start? Because I feel like sometimes you think all this stuff you're talking about, yeah, it's brilliant, but... I might be sitting here thinking, wow, I have so much to do already. I don't know where to start. What would you say, if you can, that your tips for starting off? Mm -hmm. So obviously, yeah, an ideal world, and you have six months to build, redesign your website and go out and get all the support. That all looks great. But if we don't have that time, if we are looking to, you know, that you need to launch it within weeks, what I'd say is that at least try to adapt in the best way possible. You know, sit down initially with your marketing and your web team and just draw something you know you could do it in an hour and you can draw a journey but really just think of that journey before going into it is what i ask everyone just just even if you just take an hour or two before you go into your actual wordpress or your adobe system or wherever you build your website just sit down a little bit before and draw what the map's going to be like think about what make a list of the things that you from your business you want to tell the things you have to tell the things you want to achieve i think you need to really clearly set your goals of your website people don't really set those goals enough of saying what do we want people to do we want people you know what are the audience going to come on okay we're going to have this audience come through and our goals for this audience is this and also at what stages you know our events go through different stages so many times you'll launch a website nine months out so you think okay i'm gonna do i'm doing speaker and sponsor acquisition now here Okay, but what happens if attendees or if delegates come to your website? You know, if people are interested in attending your website, what, what happens there? You know, you need to have a goal for even them at that stage. The site is maybe not registered for your event, but it's maybe, them, you know, just subscribing to your newsletter, subscribing to the news, but really just planning out your goals and through different stages. But, yeah, sitting down and really planning it first internally with your marketing team. But a big thing I really want to say to everyone is that then you should really take it out. Again, not for a long time, but just to your wider team, People may, way many times when they build a website, they wait to show it to the events ops or the sales ops or all these other teams until it's ready. And then, because these people, are, they have things to say about the event. They know a different part of your audience. You as a marketer, you may not think about. You also as a marketer, you also have your goals in mind. You forget about these other areas of your event. So I think it's really important before you actually start to, okay, you start and plan out initially. Don't bring them in the first chat, but before going onto the platform, have the conversation present what you're thinking about and feel like if they feel you're missing something because that's why i think where most times goes wrong when you launch a website that you forget these people out you create your website you then show it to everyone and then 
your events ops comes in like oh but we now need to include this 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 yeah when you're already you're already halfway through the process or you're almost fully through the process at that stage do you think a lot of people tend to get do kind of um test runs or kind of get feedback on their websites or do you reckon they just do what they think and then just fire it out I mean, I personally don't see enough people doing test runs on their website. And I think it's for various reasons. And mostly it's because people most of the time are scared to go out and reach out to their audience and ask them, what do you think about our website and how can we improve and what was your experience with them? I'm, walking, I'm working very closely with one client now that is doing it and I'm really happy to see them doing it. And it's surprising what comes out of the conversations. And I do think it's a very important part that if you are planning, okay, maybe you're not planning it for this year. But if you are planning to maybe redesign your website next year, start having those conversations with your audience that are involved on your event, which are coming to that event now. Like really try to get that feedback, try to get that feedback from how difficult was it for for them to register for the event? How difficult was it for them to find the venue information and their overall experience with it? I think it is something that people should do and they don't do enough. Yeah, definitely. Okay, thank you so much. So a couple more questions before we finish up and these are 2023 questions of course got to ask you mm-hmm. what would be your main piece of advice for event organizers going into 2023 my main piece of advice um so there's something that's quite big on my of what i'm talking about nowadays and you probably heard me talk about it already but it's really just being remarkable and being remarkable in all aspects of what you do um just we need to stand out we need to stand out with what we're doing everything's saturated right now our events are saturated marketing saturated social media channels is people have just there's just so much noise going around on in every aspect that if you're not different if you're not remarkable if you're not surprising if you're not interesting people will no longer care really about what you're doing and too many people like struggle just being the same and just following along with what other people are doing and that applies to all that all these things we're talking about so people do this when they plan their events they just plan their events the same as they've been doing for the last 20 years and the same which everyone else is doing for fear of being different we do it the same on our websites we design our websites the same they do it on their on the social media on our marketing when we plan it we just continue to plan our marketing and have a marketing strategy that we've done the last few years and that everyone else is doing and you don't stand out we're just one more standing in the crowd so for me 2023 i think uh, if you really want to you know, stay in the game and really stand out and really make your events a success I think you really just need to think of how can you be a little bit different and really stand out and really be interesting for the people who you're trying to serve and, and how can you yeah how can you gather those people interest so yeah, I love that one to change everyone. <laughs> that's a great one and we shared for anyone who saw we shared predictions for 2023 and we also asked um, uh, a few of our friends in the industry, Francesca being one of them, what they thought of the um, 2022, what surprised you about 2022? And I found it really interesting because I very much agreed with what you said on that one, which was that people have just come back to the same old events and running the same sort of thing and just kind of not standing out and being remarkable. So I really like that one. That's a great piece of advice. And final question for you, what are you most excited about in 2023? 
Personally, what I'm most excited about is actually getting myself to more events. Um, last year, I did get myself to quite a few last year already. So, but actually, industry events, I didn't get myself to into the end of the year until about November time. Some I must say I was packed with festivals, but <laughs> but this year I'm actually going in already. You know, my calendars were packed up with industry events, and I'm really looking forward to it because, yeah, personally, I really am challenging a lot of people that idea of doing things different so i just really looking forward to seeing what people are doing this year um like yeah like my takeaway from last year was that people just came back and did the same old thing and they talked about doing things differently but they didn't there's that talk again now and i really just hope that people do you know after last year and seeing what it was like to be back i hope that they do do something different this year so personally i've just decided to be at all the events being industry being event related events being other industry events I also try to combine a lot, like I take ideas from, I'll take an idea from a festival I go to, to a corporate event, <laughs> to a conference. I'll be like, the music on the entrance was great to set a vibe. You need to put music in your entrance. You know, I I love to like cross-reference with these type of events. So yeah, I'm personally yeah. just excited to be at them all this year. I think that's kind of advice in itself for people to kind of pull what you like and maybe don't like so much from other other events um and we are actually hosting our own event in london in october time so hopefully you're around to join us for that one you can give us give us some marks on how remarkable we are so no pressure (laughs) so if you tell me that make sure i'm there perfect well thank you so much francesca for joining us it's been very insightful and you've provided lots of great tips for our event organizers to take away and really put into action so thanks so much for joining us it's really been very valuable content yeah thanks very much francesca thank you both so much for for inviting me on and for hosting this amazing show that you do and and yeah for listening to me and actually keeping us on time here today of course so thanks everyone for listening and we'll catch you next time on the tag digital squadcast squadcast the tag digital podcast listen to the squadcast on apple Podcasts or spotify